My name's Robert. We're with the uh, Line Creek Brewing Company here, Mentors from Mill, and having a good time. And with two sidekicks today, Paul Martinez. Hey, everybody. And Kyle Neal. How are you guys? So, uh, joined by a really cool uh, guest, Jake Dukes, who comes from Camp Southern Ground. And we want to go into Camp Southern Ground because not a lot of people know, I don't think, very much about Camp Southern Ground. Uh, but before we got, uh, get into Zach Brown, Camp Southern Ground, and the whole thing, welcome to the show. Thanks, Rob. It's good to be here with you guys. Well, it's man, you got like that whole DJ oh, uh, kind of voice yeah. going on. You got the voice for the voice You're like for the podcast. second guest we've had that Dude. like really rips it. Yeah, I'll just join you guys every week. There you go. Hey, that would be yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> so this is Zach Brown's um, organization. So what is Camp Southern Ground? Give great. us a little background. Yeah, great question. You know, it's really not a typical camp to yeah. be honest about it. And it all started with Zach. He he had this incredible dream and vision he he was actually a product of camp growing up in north georgia up in the mountains up there and uh he went to a camp called camp glisten and was impacted by that uh taught him leadership he learned how to play guitar by chord there and just really turned him into the guy that he is today i had no idea of that backstory yeah yeah so he's a camper i mean and, and then started as a kid and then went through in leadership and as a college kid, I mean, uh, Bradley McIntyre, I uh, just talked with him on the phone, he, he hired him. Uh, so, you know, that was where he got his start. And he was telling everybody as a kid, like 14 years old, I am going to build a camp one day. <laughs> That's so awesome. Like, you chase that dream, huh. buddy. You know, go for it. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, made made some success in the music industry and yeah. has been able to make good on that promise. And so we're right over here in Fayetteville, Georgia, uh, kind of little nugget tucked away, uh, 500 acres over there. And uh, we've, we've been kind of building 2011 is when we got our start and just kind of doing infrastructure stuff and getting roads you know cut in and yeah. waste sewage treatment plants built and then we got our, our dining hall our shade pavilion and our lodge and we got a tree house out there as well it's a really really unique place but yeah we we serve kids and vets so we have uh we out of the two months out of the year in the summer we have kids that come out and it's an inclusion model camp so when zach went to camp it was camp sparrowwood as well as camp glisten come together and this kids with needs and so Zach always wanted to build a place that included people with differences. And his whole conviction is that differences actually make us stronger and they connect us in deeper ways. And so it's all about like helping each individual identify their unique gift, magnify that in themselves and others to profoundly impact the world. So it started with that camping side. And, you know, but Zach was also, he was a product of military families. So he, he didn't grow up in a military family. His friends had a lot of friends that, you know, came from the military. Their parents were involved in, uh, in the military. And so he just saw it from the inside, what, what it's like to, to kind of be in that family unit uh, of a veteran and what that unique place looks like. And so that, I think, kind of cast a lot of his personal growth and trajectory as a human and you know he's into all the kind of stuff that vets are into he does a lot of hunting and he makes knives and you know all this you know he's a he's an outdoorsman so he was like man we got to do something it was always about the family unit he's like you've got this unit right when you go away and you're deployed and that's your family you know while you're while you're out there and then when you come home it's like what do i this family that i've got is doesn't even feel as close as my unit so what's up with that and he's like we want to create a place where veterans can reconnect and develop that unit mentality you know with their family so that's something that zach's been passionate about and we you know we just started thinking through that and trying to figure that out I, did you guys ever go to a camp or anything when you were kids no no didn't okay. no. no not me there was a camp that i went to and it was kind of cool because you know you get the breakfast lunch and dinner as part of it they put you in the teams you get to meet new people and all that kind of swim do i, uh, I like how you, like, you like, like your highlight is like they feed you three times a day but it wasn't like camping in the sense of you know camping like a tent right. and, but the camp environment was where you know you're putting like-minded people or people from different parts of the the country together or yeah. the community and and you're having to build in teamwork or at least get to know one another so it helps you at least in socialization when you go out into yeah. other environments and it sounds very much like that experience definitely was something that resonated with zach 
Absolutely, it was, and I appreciate you bringing that up. You know, he, he grew up going to school and just didn't feel like that environment helped him learn and grow. And so getting to camp, he realized this is the, this is the environment that allowed me to be who I am as a human, to accept me as I am, but also to, to challenge me to help me grow in ways that I never would have in maybe more a traditional school setting. So that's one of his passions is, is to create spaces like that for kids and for veterans. When did he start it up here in Fayetteville? So 2011, we got our nonprofit status. Okay. And then, you know, built built infrastructure uh, through the next, really, uh, seven years. And we, you know, we did some pilot programs. We had a shade pavilion, which is an outdoor gym and some areas. We had, like, a, a backcountry camping, you know, the half-shell tents that we got out there. So um, that was, we were trying stuff, testing stuff out and building until 2018 when we built our, our lodge, which is a 128-bed lodge. And once wow. we had that, it was off the races. I, I did not know it was that large. If you've ever been out there, like it's it's a gym, it's a hidden gym in Fayette County that you would never believe where it is. <laughs> I appreciate you saying that, is, Kyle. It is a really cool. Well, you've gone out there for uh, work events. for a work function. Yeah. So what? Where? I mean, where is it within Fayetteville? So Red Wine Road, Fayette County. Red Wine Road. Yep. Oh, Red Wine Road. Gorgeous, Ebenezer man. Church. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, right there in between. Uh, Red I have never. Well, I don't go down that way that mm-hmm. often, but yeah. I, I probably would have. Can you see it from the road? Whitewater Creek. No, you, no. you kind of have to get back in there. It's, yeah. it's okay. Yeah, it's you never even know it was there. That's yeah. the thing. Like you could drive by it. You probably you may have even driven by it. Probably. We do have a little sign, but you know if you don't if you don't know you're going there, you could yeah. drive right by yeah. it. But yeah, so once I've you been get on property, Southern Flare. I guess the yeah. Joseph Sam School Southern Flare event, and also a work Christmas party, and both times to just jam up. Yeah, it's a little man. wild because I mean things. Like, I mean our dining hall, like the whole ceiling is covered in in Taylor guitar wood because no. Bob, he's you know he had all this oh. secondary wood that yeah. he wasn't using. Oh, that's awesome. So Zach was like, I'll take some of that. Taylor and wood. <laughs> yes. You're going to have crazy. people going up there and trying to cut pieces <laughs> off the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, yeah, African sapile mahogany. Like it's, you know, wow. but, but it's again, people get, Zach has a way of getting people fired up about this mission. I mean, yeah. he's just got a gift for it. He, he, he talks about his passion here and, and people come out of the woodwork, you know, high and low, all in between everybody. They're like, I want to be a part of this. I'm going to give to this. And so yeah, I mean, he, he just has a way of mobilizing the, the most amazing folks. So you called it a dining hall. It might have to change to a mess hall or a dining facility <laughs> in order to get fully, right? <laughs> yeah. I just still don't think you would match that. I haven't been to very many uh, mess halls where you had uh, Taylor's wood no. up there now. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's probably not something you've said. Well, you know, you, it's funny you bring up food because you do have a certain expectation of what camp food is supposed to be. It wasn't that, wasn't fond memories though. That's the yeah. point, right? That's the point. You're, it's like this pizza. Was it? Is this actually pizza? Like, what yeah, is exactly. this? What am I eating right yeah. now? Yeah, yeah, it's cardboard. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. That that is. So that's not what you're going to get at Camp Southern Ground. I mean, yeah, yeah. We, we've got a whole philosophy around food, which is food is critical to life. I mean, you are what you eat, right? We've all yeah. heard that. Yeah. So, it's, food is fuel. It's the first level of what you're medicating your body with. So it's like if you don't eat good stuff, you're not going to get so good stuff out. So that's a big part of all the programs yeah. so we got an organic farm on site wow it's, it's true farm oh, to table wow. experience and we got chefs we got two chefs sushi we got multiple like staff who are really curating each meal i have not eaten the same food twice oh, over awesome. there no Camp way. Southern Ground. i mean literally it's five star quality type cuisine so like that's a big part how are of you so fit and trim there that's it that's <laughs> a, they're feeding me great stuff over there man. it's like you know so yeah it's keeping my body energy going <laughs> so when did you get involved if 2011 is when it all kicked off so i started getting involved around 2017 before i came to work with the camp i was actually involved in faith-based initiatives i've been doing that for my whole life ever since i was like 19 years old and so i started a little nonprofit. On the side of that, I'd got recently left the church that I was a part of after a long time. And honestly, it was like kind of seeking, like, what, mm. what's next? You know, like, didn't really have a whole lot of options either. I was just like, I feel like that chapter needed to be over. So, and then right. <laughs> it leaped into the darkness, you know, at like, like 38 years old. And, um, and Zach was like, who's a friend? You know, we'd known each other for a while at that point. He was like, hey, man, come on over here. I want you to help me convene thought leaders because we know that we've got a fantastic place. I'm going to build and, and design the best place, but we want to stand on the shoulders of others who are great and doing better than we are doing to, to glean the wisdom and insight. So that was my job was to come in and convene these workshops, bring in experts in the fields of autism, music therapy, nutrition, all the stuff that we wanted to be great at. We knew that we needed the help of others to be able to do that. So that was my job, was to pull those folks wow. together. 
and it was just contract. And then I did that. 2018, we had those workshops. We did four of them. And we, we got a great host of folks out there. One was a military community that we brought in of experts. And we realized that there's a hole that we could fill with our facility. We were thinking maybe we just host people there and like, you know, just be like a retreat facility. Yeah. And we realized that there's a deep and desperate need to help and support veterans in the transition back home after they leave the military. And it's that, you know, I was, Joey Jones was working with yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, we I were, remember Joey. We were on, we were, we were kind of like spearheading this work together. And Joey was just talking about how the transit, I mean, obviously he lost both legs in right. Afghanistan. So right. that was a massive thing for him. But just how the transition was more traumatic than the deployment. Yeah. And yeah. that's the case for a lot. Even if you don't lose legs, you've got injuries that are invisible that are just as severe that need to be addressed. And that was really where we decided we wanted to try and hit as an organization. So then they hired me to, to kind of help get those off the ground. So, yeah. That, that's pretty cool. I'm sorry. You were so, gonna, yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> and I think, like, transition, like you said, you may have injuries that are catastrophic, but... You know, they say, and this is outside of the military, the three most traumatic things that can happen to you in your life. You get divorced. Um, lose your job. You lose your job. Yeah. And you move. Yep. Mm. Well, you have to do all three when you get out of the military. <laughs> because, you, well, you probably have literally had a divorce, but you're yes. divorced from your whole family. Absolutely. Your military family. And that, yeah. as you know, it's extremely traumatic. So then... Yeah. That just compounds everything else that's going on. And you're isolated and you're alone. You go back and there's nobody to talk to. There's nobody yeah. who understands. I mean, you know, we mm -hmm. the, the civilian population of which I'm one of, we try and understand, but we don't. And, you know, to, to have a community where you feel safe, supported, connected, you know, there's a there's resources there. I mean, gosh, like you're not alone, you know, and that's that's what we really wanted to try and try and bring into the space is a place of love, support, connection but also some real answers to the difficult questions. Yeah. So how do you find veterans for your program that are in transition? Is there another group that you work with? Or so how you does that probably know this as well as anybody else. Like, you're not just going to open your doors and veterans are going to walk through, right? No. <laughs> it doesn't work. This just doesn't no. work that way. No. As a matter of fact, like, you know, if you're out there and, and you're, you're talking about yourself, like, veterans are walking the other way. So, it, you know, it is, it is a challenge. And, and to be honest, the best way that we connect with the veterans in our community and beyond because mm -hmm. it it's a national program we're, we're flying folks in from everywhere and the best way that we do it is, is vets who've gone through so we okay. honestly to even get started very cool we had to joey and I, like we had to lean on our own resources be like hey guys will right. you just please come out here yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, go through right. this thing be my guinea pig you know my science experiment just, just like dare them to that's exactly. exactly what you do exactly. like do a little scout <laughs> challenge right. you know what i mean exactly just, I dare you to go yeah, through yeah. this program <laughs> yeah. one time do it for me man yeah. just do it I, i've got I'm, they're gonna fire me if i don't figure this out so <laughs> yeah so uh chris you're gonna meet him in a little while he was one of the ones that was like all right dude whatever fine um <laughs> So, so that, <laughs> that was how it started. And then, you know, word, word, word of mouth to word, you know, vet yeah. to vet. And I mean, obviously we got a lot of ways that we, we are, we're on Facebook and we do ads and we do, you know, Zach talks about it as shows. So there's a lot of, mm -hmm. you know, kind of formal publicity that we do, but man, the best, the best stuff is, is person to person. Well, I think, uh, you know, a lot of guys have seen Zach up there playing with his guitar with various stickers from units across oh, yeah. the country. Yeah. And one of the main ones that stood out to me because I'm a, an old 11th ACR guy is when I saw the black horse patch on there, I was like, I want to contact Zach and find out the story about where he gets these patches right, right. and how it comes about. It may be through these things that you're now describing and the networks and connections that he's gotten, of how he's gotten it. But He's super um, tapped into the veteran community. He and, really is. And I don't know that I think some veterans realize that, but one of the beautiful things that you and I talked about off air is the fact that he doesn't, it's not like it's him. Right. And hey, I've got a nonprofit. It's a nonprofit. And then you may discover it's Zach Brown's yeah, it's nonprofit. Like, it's like, no shit, Zach Brown is behind it. Like at right. the end, it's not, right. it, it's never like put up front at the beginning, which is a really cool part. And of that it. was honestly like, you know, it's definitely yeah. not in a publicity thing. He's like, yeah. you know, he, he's not going to lead with it. And, you know, we, we ask him to talk at our own events. And he's like, I'll get up if you guys really want me to. Right. But he's just happy to see it all unfold in the way that he originally i think envisioned it just to see it happen and i mean he that's the way he talks about it he's like i'm a conduit you know I, I'm, I'm meant to do this there's an there's a god who's you know given me this and i'm going to steward this well so he very much you know kind of has this 
I'm here to, to set a foundation for others to build on. He always calls this everyone's camp. Anybody who shows up, he's like, that's your camp. Like, get, get yeah. over here and tell us what, what we should do with it. I mean, he's incredibly open, humble. Yeah, I mean, he's the real deal. If he was talking, if he was sitting right here, we couldn't say all this stuff. But since he's not, like, we get to, and he's he's got the biggest heart for this. And, I mean, just I've heard him talk about it hundreds of times and he, it brings him to tears every single time so amazing yeah, yeah man he no, I, I really love that you've got several different programs though i want to hit so yep you've got a warrior week so that's your signature program yep. tell us a little bit about so that's that. what joey and i put together uh chris was the pi on the pilot for that this is uh it, it's a well-being program essentially and so it's actually a year long we bring veterans out for that first week and there's kind of this intensive environment, which all vets get and understand. I and mean, we kind of base it a little on the training model. You know, vets understand immersion training. You know, this isn't therapy. This isn't, you know, we're not, we're not kumbaya. And it's like, we're, we're actually getting involved. We're going after it. This is a, a restructuring or retraining for that civilian environment. And, you know, all vets are civilians. Like they started yeah. out as civilians. Yeah, so it's right. like, you know how to do this. But at the same time, it's all the things you mentioned earlier about how, you know, Paul talks about this. There's these traumas you're going through. So it's, I'm a different person now than I was. Mm -hmm. How do I reintegrate this person that I am into where I'm going? And it's like, you know, vets are good at three jobs, right? Like, you know, law enforcement, you know, gun industry, right? It's like, there's, you know, there's this path for this pathway that veterans think that's where I have to go. And it's like, no, your skills are so complex. Right. You, there, there's, let's not do the disservice of, of your journey and your energy to kind of force you into this mold of what it looks like. So we're trying to blow that paradigm wide up. That's perfect. And yeah. send veterans out into every area and sector of society where we need them because we need them everywhere because they're incredible humans. And, and they've experienced, you know, kind of the worst, but also come through it and have learned lessons that they need to help all of us understand. It's that, that yeah. journey of wisdom and what is a hero. I'm here to impart wisdom to others in my community. And that's what we want to we want to help veterans go after that and bring that wisdom and that strength. Well, it sounds like you're you're teaching them a lot of adaptability too. I think that's a lot of us forget. Like we were just regular Joes before we joined, and then we learned how to do all these things that mm. were really hard or Absolutely. very challenging. You can still do it just because you learned that thing and, got, and mastered it. You know, you can do it again and you can reinvent and, yes. and go on to, to find new things. Yeah, I mean, veterans are the best adaptability. So, like, we use strengths, Clifton strengths in the in the program. One of the strengths, they've got 34. One of them is adaptability. And, and veterans just naturally are high in that environment. I, I think that probably the, the shock, some of the shock for veterans, what I've heard from them is, Everything in, in the environment that I was in was so clear. There was so much support. There was so much community. Like, I'm not worried. Maybe this happened, you know, in a rare occurrence, but I'm not worried about who's behind me. I'm not worried about to the left and right. Like, that's done. You know, we may be, we may knock each other out, mm -hmm. but when we, you know, when we, when we go for it, we're, we're shoulder to shoulder, neck to neck. So that's not the way it is. In the civilian world, right? You don't know who's out to get you. Everything is vague. <laughs> Everything is vague. When once you go off post, it's, nothing is nothing is black. And in all, in all the wrong ways, it feels like. Well, in the right ways and the wrong ways, but it, yeah, you're, the feeling you get when you initially try to reintegrate to the civilian world is they don't understand. Everything is vague. I'm used to clear, concise. We need to get from point A to point B using this method. And at right. this point, we're going to switch methods, and then we're going to get to B. Yeah. You ever feel like, just just tell me what to do? Somebody just tell <laughs> just, me what to do. Exactly. I've asked people in my job right now, like, just just give me the that, answer. That is so true. Because you're so used to being told when to get up, yeah. where to be for breakfast, yeah, where to be. I got it. That's yeah. right. You know, Reveille. The, I mean, everything is, like, set up for you. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you get out and you transition and it's not there. But what I also want to break down, and it sounds like you really have a, a pretty good um, handle on the, the veteran space, is we got to break down the um, the us and them mm -hmm. mentality that's mm -hmm. there between civilians. And right. so I, I, we get a lot of guys that say stuff like, yeah, and I appreciate what you guys are doing. But, you know, I, I wanted to serve, but, and we always stop. I'm like, no, no. Dude, you did something. Hmm. You know, the fact, don't think because we're different because yeah. we served or thank whatever. You. And I mean, we appreciate people saying thank you for your service and all of that. But the fact of the matter is, is that each of us had a role to do in life and we chose this one. Yep. And, and that's about it. Yeah, and man. 
Yeah, we need to break down those barriers. I appreciate though. you saying yeah. that. Yeah. I, I, one of my one of my Marine buddies who I, I so I was involved in the bringing on of PATH, which we can get into in a little bit, helped start Warrior Week. But I got to be an instructor, and so in that PATH program, the philosophy is, it is training, and it's you're you know we it's mostly combat veterans who are the instructors because they've been through it, right? Yeah. And so there's that connection, but they do there there's a place for a strategic civilian as a part of that teaching and training cohort for intentionally the reason you're talking about. It's that we're actually more different than we are, or rather more the same than we are different. And so how do we we capitalize on the things that we have together? So one of the Marines, whenever he introduced me, he'd be like, well, here's, you know, here's Chris, who's a Marine, you know, here's here's Adam, who's his army, here's Jake, who's in God's army. I was like, okay, man, whatever. Yeah, I'm not sure what that means, but you know, I'll take it. So, but you, you know, like that, I fought my own fight. It was very different than the fight that you guys fought. But. Well, and that's what. Well, you know, people say that, but when you get down to post-traumatic stress and depression and everything else, it may ha- it it manifests itself in very similar uh, mm-hmm. ways. And people find, I think that's where a lot of veterans find healing is when they hear stories of civilians who've gone through some similar story. Maybe bullets weren't flying, lives weren't lost necessarily, but the impact and the feelings that they are you know, expressing or uh, are seeing or whatever are real, right? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's mm-hmm. not necessarily, oh, well, you, didn't, you didn't go to combat, therefore. Well, not just that, mm-hmm. but when you meet civilians and you interact with them especially over a period of time and you get a chance to see their grit you get a chance to see their dedication to what they're doing and they're experts in their craft Mm -hmm. and you're like okay this is like you didn't serve but you have these same values i can count on you in the same way that i can count on somebody else Mm. yeah that i served with i think you can only really get that if you spend the time together Mm. and you know yeah and a couple hours or one meeting isn't going to do it so being in that isolated environment like you can't don't really have anywhere to go yeah i presume like you're here yeah we're all here yeah. so you kind of have to it's kind of like being in a unit like yeah. i didn't like everybody that i signed up with and that i went to basic with and i didn't like a lot of the guys in the unit but we were here we had to make it work and then you have to find their value on the team yes so it gives you an opportunity man. to do that with civilians yeah that sounds right yeah where your path what is that yeah, it's, so it was designed by the Boulder Crest Foundation uh, up in Virginia. They they've been piloting it for years now, 2015 and before. Um, and then they we're, we're not familiar with that organization. So what's Boulder? Uh, Boulder Crest is a, is an organization that um, they, their mission is also to support veterans as they transition, specifically around the areas of combat stress. So okay. it's it's post their their whole philosophy and concept is post traumatic growth. And so, which, you know, you've probably heard the idea before, but they've made it a science of the things that, you know, that can tend to break us. If we, if we understand the, the, what, they, what they're for and how they can mold us, they can actually be catalysts for incredible growth and, and, and profound learning. And so, the, you know, you, you maybe hear this, the, I think the thing that illustrates is the easiest and the best is maybe with the VA, the goal of the VA and this is not not to necessarily knock that organization, but even any mental health is to go 30% above. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna end my life. Yeah. So like you're you know if that's down here at the bottom, it's survival, not thriving. Absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. And so post traumatic growth is, if if my my mode of living was here, I can break through that into a better life, using the right practices and systems and strengths. Yeah. So that's what they were designed on. It's a training module. Uh, it's 18 months total in the program, but there's a nine month kind of in me or rather 90 day follow on. That's like, okay, this 90 days has got to be the best 90 days you've ever given in your life. And they train you for seven days on how to implement these practices to build connection and community based, you know, kind of the unit mentality. It's you've got eight, you know, eight guys or eight girls that are going through this together and that's your new unit and you're going to lean on them and you're going they're going to be your battle buddies and you're going together to forge the safe and trusted environment that once you do that you go back home and you work through the process of building a safe and trusted environment there as well so is there homework post kind of thing there's yeah there's there's you know you you get there you're you're you know folks are kind of crawling in right mm. and you make it and Every time I've run a path, which I ran the first 20, literally every time I had someone said this this week saved my life. And they, you know, the veterans don't say that, right? They don't tell you. Yeah. It, it, that's the thing is like well, you know it's real if they're not saying it to anybody. And that's the way veterans are. It's it, they're methodical in the way that they're like, how can I end this? How can I stop this pain? 
And every time by the end, that's what they're saying is, I've got a reason to live. And so, it, yeah, it's incredible. And then there's a, like a 90-day follow-on that is critically important. We, we host calls. Uh, we're very involved. There's a whole online kind of learning portal that they're a part of, a community that's, that's virtual and physical that they're, that they're locked into. So Boulder Crest started in Virginia. They, they, went, they, they expanded Arizona, and then they started satelliting Florida, Georgia, Maine, other places. Now they've got over 10 facilities across the nation. Over 800 vets go through these programs a year. Um, it's, it's taken off. I mean, the Marcus Foundation, they got behind it, and so that really gave it legs. Uh, and they were asking the question, what's, what's the best non-clinical program out there? And they found uh, Boulder Crest, and they were like, that's the one we're getting behind. Mm. So they invested the money to, to validate 56% reduction in post-traumatic stress symptoms. That's the only number you hear. There's a right. bunch of others, but if you just hear that one, that's nowhere near anything else that's out there. So it's a critically important program. Chris can tell you more. He's lived it. He's experienced. He went through it. It changed his life. Wow. That, now, that sounds incredible, and I think that's one of the biggest things that veterans, and we've talked about a lot in this episode or these uh, podcasts, is that um, they get um, medic medicated, heavily medicated, and, um, you know, some of the things is that they, they're, they're attacking, the physicians are attacking the symptoms, and they're trying to find ways to heal by doing different things like that, but they're not helping them. So to hear something like this that's not going in that direction, yeah. you know, that's, that's very, very uh, yeah, and I, I won't speak disparagingly against the VA, but Bernie will. So if you hear him talk about it, and that's yeah. the reason why he's done it, his, his goal is to put the VA out of business. Uh, so that's why he's investing into, into programs, because the, 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 yeah. the same conviction that you just mentioned. It's like yeah, the, the medication's not helping. I mean, it helps some to a degree, but it's not what's right. going to heal the deep It problems. has its place. Right. But right. It's, not, it's not the fix. It's not the answer. Right. It's a Band-Aid. You know, yeah. And, and yeah. You know, some people need what they need, but... yeah. It's yeah, so man. broadly applied, and that's right. the thing. That's the thing. It's a it's a broad stroke. It's the it's same easy. same treatment for me and you mm -hmm. would be the same treatment. Well, right. obviously we we have different trauma, but we'd get the yeah. same treatment. Same treatment, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's it's not that's not what is what medicine should be about at that point. It's no. poly it's polypharmacy. It is throw a pill at it, and hopefully this one will stick. Yeah. Well, I, I I just don't understand how a chemical like trying to write a chemical imbalance that that what is that going to do for 11 years of trauma or 10 yeah. years of trauma or 25 years of, of of military service and all the things that you see that the pill's not going to do that right you know and on the other hand like a week at a program is not going to do it but it's going to get you to the next step right and i think that's that's the key right is how do you get to the next step well and it's and it's about disclosure and that's i think that's a big part of the program is is you, you've got these warrior practices like meditation, okay. you've got breathing, you've got, you know, disclosure, you've got service, you've got, there's, you, you, I mean, probably 30 practices that you learn through the, through the program and through these practices, you, what you realize is I've got the strength to build the life that I want to live. Now it's going to take work. Like I don't just get to wake up and like in that sense, take a pill, right? Because that, you know, that's that's a little. But bit, everybody's looking for the quick solution. Right? <laughs> right. There's, there's exactly. no magic button. There's exactly. no easy button to this. Yeah. Right. So yeah, that's what it's based on. Then you start bringing in the family into this, and this is an important factor. I think that a lot of organizations maybe miss is that the family unit is the way in which people can then sustain that post. You know, mm -hmm. so you you really uh, incorporate the family as well and have a, a session for that. Yeah, and you know, there's some there's some real stuff around that, right? I mean, what what they found is that is the parent, you know, we 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 have a ki a week at camp for kids, uh, gold star, silver star, white star kids, um, and and you know, we've got a week for deployed kids, you know, so and we we intermix that population all throughout the camp because we're all about inclusion as well. Um, and, and then, you know, we, we saw that we wanted to do more. I mean, Zach, from the very beginning, the family unit, that's what he was talking about. Mm -hmm. And so we've intentionally worked to bring about this family program, uh, which, you know, it's still kind of we're still developing it. But at this it's this, you know, opportunity for a family to get together for a weekend. And, you know, oftentimes it's the alumni from right. our other programs who have said, I, I wish my wife or I wish my kids could see this place and understand what I experienced. And so we'll, you know, we'll bring the kids in and the spouse in and, you know, it's an opportunity for them to get together and, and talk through some of the things that they went through when they came through solo. 
their kids get to go through, you know, the ropes course. You know, they're 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 shooting archery and like they just physically on the grounds. Meal times are a big part of that. Zach's got a, a song called "The Family Table." And so we're intentional, like how, how can you develop deeper connection? I, I mean, I can't count the number of times, you know, as a dad myself, I, I got five kids and how easy it is to just blow through dinner, like where you're stuffing your face and onto the next thing, right? And it's like, what if we took that opportunity as a chance to pause and really, really connect with each mm. other and ask some deeper questions about the day? And, you know, at first it's like, hey, how's your day? Fine, right? And it's like, mm. so how can we make a game into this? And so that's a lot of what we're exploring to, with these with families together it's hey let's get to know each other like that's you know let's lean on each other let's share let's be honest let's be real and then uh, there's a little there's moments there too where the, the spouses can get together and you know we're talking through communication and how do you miss each other and parenting and how do you understand your kids and you know you get that one kid who's just so pushy and like you know is just in your face all the time you got the other kid who's like another parent walking around you <laughs> yeah. know it's like tearing taking care of everybody tending everybody's needs and it's like how do you give each of those kids you know what they individually need deal with your own stuff at the same time so we're we like to go through that that kind of stuff and just the importance of that that family and that community you know what happens there so it, it's i've been, been, had a chance to be a part of those as well and it's it's an incredible weekend is there anything in that family program that helps kids understand why you know dad or mom may be the way they are absolutely and, and honestly it's an opportunity for mom and dad to tell their kid a bit why they are the way yeah. they are uh, because these are conversations that don't tend to happen and some no. of those statistics that you probably have maybe or may or not be aware of but you know kids of parents who are in the service who commit suicide are highly 50 percent more likely than a kid uh from a parent who committed suicide that's outside of the military yes like it's it's a staggering number yes wow. like it's if one thing. of us kill ourselves it's generational yes wow Yes. Although so, suicide is a generational thing anyway, the terrifying. research shows, but right. it's even more so when it's talking about veteran community. Yeah, and you can assign that, that statistic from suicide, and you can take it and you can apply it to other <laughs> things that, if, that uh, someone might be dealing with mm -hmm. as well. You know, if there's abandonment, if there's, you know, what, whatever it might be, that those things can be tend to be generational as well. So if mom and dad are dealing with it, you better believe the yeah. kids are dealing with yeah. the same stuff. So it is the, it's an opportunity for open conversations around those topics, but at the same time being careful because you're, you know, you want to, you want to begin to normalize some of those conversations um, without kind of re-triggering the trauma. Right. Yeah. So it is, it's a safe place to kind of be able to do that, to be open about it and then to begin to discover, Hey, how can we, you know, how can we approach this and go after this together? Now, do you guys recommend, even though it might not be parent led to have that conversation, are you guys recommending to have that conversation? Like just in, in at the house yeah. today? I mean, so I would, so a big part of what we, we talk about in the program is how to have those conversations. Yeah. Okay. Right. So I don't know if I just jump right in yeah. on, on those conversations, but one of the things that we do is in, in the programs, we actually model, we, we kind of, you know, it's, it's, a, it's almost like a role playing like how to how to do this well because yeah. i mean the first time you do anything you're probably not going to do it well right so if you try and jump into a conversation you know it, i always we always say this like hey you have the advantage uh, of of knowing that you want to like you've got the tactical advantage here right so you want to set the stage so that you can ensure success mm -hmm. and so if you kind of just fumble your way into that i mean you never went went into that combat in that way right it's like you had a plan and a strategy you, yeah. you know you you, you pre-plan then you 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 know you talked about you know what you're going to do then you went and you did it and you debriefed afterwards so it's like you want to kind of practice the way you want to do it yeah. so if there's some elements of that and not you could do that with a therapist or a friend or a community i mean that's what that's what we're trying to help veterans build is that community where they can they can have that practice with each other before they're kind of in theater in that way Man, so i love that i yeah. love that yeah no, that's that's really great. And so now we're going to get a chance uh, to talk to Chris. But before we get a, uh, get move on to that, I I did want to um, highlight one of the reasons why we're here at Line Creek Brewing is because you guys were a part of the one team one yeah, fight. Yeah, that was so cool. And uh, did you were do you get actually the one of the ones to participate in the yes. brew? Okay, yeah, I was there when so, they were doing the brewing and the canning. Yeah, yeah. and got to taste the beers, delicious. So yeah, yeah it was, it's a good it's a good IPA, man. You got to yeah. Do no, it definitely is. And so how was that uh, a brewing experience? Is that the first time you did it, or did you that ever do was, any home brewing? I, I had never done any home brewing. I mean, God, if you're going to do it, go yeah. <laughs> right. to a good night. Yeah, yeah no, man, there, I saw them pouring in the hops and everything, and adding, it was it was it was quite the experience. And you know, they had uh, they they like you know kind of 
cooled everything really fast. I mean, I, it was it was amazing to watch the brewmaster kind of walk through it step by step, and then the the canning process. You know, they're just kind of like you know jet jet infusion into those cans, like dropping it in, um, and then you know crisp and cold. So. Yeah, if uh, if you're in the area and you know you're looking to try a brew, check out that one team one five. I, they're, or they're, they're, I think they're they're gonna they, they mo- I think they mostly uh, brewed through or, or sold all the original. Uh, so they're they're gonna have to do a rebrewing here at some point. But yeah, I was gonna ask you about that. Uh, I think when uh, we talked with Joe and and uh, the rest of the team here, there were there was mention about doing something on an annual basis just because it was such a success. Yeah. Well, the hops they got, they even they even collected hops from an organization that yeah. you know that benefits veteran services so i mean they, they thought yeah. the whole thing through so awesome. yeah it was an honor to be a part of that and uh yeah, those guys were awesome man yeah we uh, we talked about it in the last episode and we hope to talk to matt uh coming up in a future episode here around that uh one of the main foundations that gets supported by that which is hunter seven foundation which is a a great organization tapped into uh, veterans health mm. in terms of really trying to expose some of the things that um, happened to veterans through exposure from burn pits or whatever the case may yeah, be. Yeah. So it's really cool that you have organizations that are in the front end and the, the kind of tools, if you will, with the hops and stuff like that, then end up getting brewed for beers with a purpose, so like cool. we're talking about, yeah, and then yeah. benefit nonprofit organizations. It's like an entire ecosystem. Man. It really yeah, is. Yeah. And that's how it should be. We totally. should be a lot more connected in terms of a lot of nonprofits. How can we lift each other up and support one another in a Definitely. way to... We all have you know all nonprofits out there I say we I'm not part of one but we all uh, we all want the same thing for veterans out there and the more that we can find that kind of family camaraderie and stuff like that I think it'd be great absolutely um, yes that's a big part of who we are as well we so we're part of a group called the Warrior Alliance which is an Atlanta area group yeah that's that they they do a lot of, of convening of great organizations out there I mean gosh they probably have now I would guess 50 uh, or more organizations that are part of their coalition. So yeah, man, that's we need more of that. And, you know, great organizations doing great stuff for vets. Let's work together. Let's not compete. You know, it's too important for us to you know not figure this out. You know, to to, to support each other and to encourage each other. So yeah, yeah. Jake, yeah, man, appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Rob. Yeah, appreciate nice you guys. meeting you. Thanks, Thanks Paul. Thank Thanks, Kyle. Thanks, man. Appreciate it's been awesome, man. Thanks a lot. So now we're joined by Chris here on Mentors Military, and and the cool thing is, is that you know, Chris, you actually went through the program that Jake just started sharing, um, you know, and told us about with Camp Southern Ground. So how did you get engaged with Camp Southern Ground and hear about in the first place to actually go through that program? Yeah, well, uh, it's it's kind of a a drawn out story, but my wife um, was she wrote like a one paragraph thing for another. Uh, 501 out, out in uh, Denver, uh, Random Acts of Kindness. They picked that up. They wanted to do a little story on us. So what they did is they put our kids in summer camp at, at Camp Southern Ground. Okay. Uh, that family program. Uh, it was kids camp. Okay. So the, the two months in the summer for kids camp. They, okay. They went up to that. They followed the kids around. And they came back and they talked to us. Um and on the last day, when we picked the kids up, they said, we got someone we want you to meet. Uh, okay. And they, they kept it all secret, secret, and they showed up, and out walks this handsome dude with, my son calls him robot legs, uh, Joey Jones. Yeah. Uh, another jarhead. And I uh, sat and talked to him for probably 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Uh, and then he said, hey, we're about to kick off Warrior Week, one of our veteran programs, actually our, the veteran program at that time. Uh, you want to come? Yeah, sure. Went back home. To, I was living in Tennessee at the time. And um, got, got everything together, got down there, and went through Warrior Week. Uh, it was great. Um, and it's only gotten better as, they, as, as it's gone along. So. Yeah. Yeah, why was that so special for you, uh, you know, when you went through that program? What did you take away from it, I guess? Yeah, well, the Warrior Week really is, um, I mean, if, if I have to put it into the best way to describe it, really, mm-hmm. is if you think about it, most of us join the military when we're 17, sometimes 18, 19, 20 years old. At that point in time, our prefrontal cortexes are not 
fully formed. Yeah, we're not even a human until 25. Right. Yeah. You know, so. We, it, and, Some later. Yeah, you know, we're, we're not even fully developed human beings at the time. No. Uh, and we're learning to be soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines. So that becomes your identity. Yes. Even if it's four years or 20 years or 30 years, that becomes your identity. Um, and it really does. Yeah. To, to drive that point home, I, re- I was medically retired at 17 years. Um, I retired on a Thursday and I went to work on a Friday. I spent literally 30 minutes looking at three outfits, the only civilian outfits I had, trying to figure out what I should wear to work that day. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, I had no idea. And so it's, you know, we talk a lot about loss of purpose, yep. loss of sense of value, this, that, and anything. But really, it's, I really don't know who I am outside of that uniform. Um, so through uh, Clifton Strengths and uh, Enneagram assessment for personality, I was able to figure out, like, some of these things are not just... Um, what the VA is telling me, uh, symptoms of PTS, uh, TBI, what have you, that's actually part of my personality, yeah. or it's one of my strengths showing yeah. through. Um, so so I, I went home with that. What do you Enneagram as? What number are you? Oh, you got to ask. If you're going to bring it up, you got to ask, man. <laughs> I bet you. I bet you. What? Uh, I just took it out of my wallet the other day. My wife actually runs Warrior Week now. Okay. She makes little business cards. For everybody to like take I'm home. I'm a six. I'm a six straight seven. Is your top ten <laughs> These are the things strikes. I hate, and these are the things I love. Absolutely, right. that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say I'm a four, but I can't remember. Yeah. Um, All right, so you brought it up. What are you, Kyle? I'm a six. We, I did mine the other day. It was the third result I got that was different. Yeah. Um, just, I guess, as in the healing process or whatever. So now I'm a six shade seven, I think. Yeah. But yeah. I started out as maybe an eight or a two or something like that. Yeah. And it was, it's a, bit, it's a pretty big shift. I, I don't know what they're yeah, talking about. I don't know about. what this is. What it's, is it? It's, it is. It's crazy. What is it called? Like he's, he's Enneag- talking about it. It's like the Enneagram. 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 Yeah. 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 So it's so a personality. It's okay. like so a, so like, a, like a Myers-Briggs? Thing? Yes. Yeah, yes. but way better. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and far okay. more in-depth. Yeah. Um, you know, my wife had done it when she was in college. Yeah. And she was, she came out as a two, I believe. Mm-hmm. Well, she was married to a guy at that point in time that wasn't treating her right. She was actually showing up as a two, but she was only showing up as a two primary yeah. because she was in the spot where her she had to her be actual a two. personality yeah. goes yeah. when she's in struggle. All right, you're going to have to describe this two, four, six. Okay, um, well, we could do that offline, but it's basically a personality profile yeah. of a two or, you know, one through nine or whatever it is. Okay, so that's, nine a, that's a general scale. Traits, oh, okay. And you can only be two things if you're next to it so you can only be a shade seven eight or six not like a seven shade two yeah so it's, okay. it, you're on this spectrum of personality yeah. i don't know which way is more rigid or the other but it's a fantastic way to learn something about yourself if you got 30 minutes to take the test yeah and then read the assessment yeah. and you'll be like holy shit yeah who's yeah. been reading my diary yes <laughs> really okay yeah. and so, so, so you're together to this your first week, your first warrior week, that's part yeah. of the program. Yes. Okay. Yep. Always has been. Uh, I think that's one of the foundational pieces. Okay. Uh, some things have come and gone uh, throughout the rest of the course. Those two things have remained. Um, the thing that you don't have, though, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt no. you, but you don't have a baseline maybe of what that was prior. Like, wouldn't it be cool if we could do that before you go into... When you sign up for selected service of the DMV, something. you should have to take an Enneagram right there. Right, right. So that way yeah. you have a baseline that says, yes, you are different, but look where you changed, how, and it would be more impactful, mm-hmm. I think, at that point, right. because, you know, yes, we may be a different person, but why or how in... Yeah. You know, right. diving into that aspect of yeah. it. Like, well, right now in the military, everybody does their, their aptitude test. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then, yeah. you know, we know how smart you are right. based on this test. What do you want to do? Well, I want to be infantry. But you scored really high. You can be aviation or whatever. Well, why don't you do the Enneagram instead? Right. And then we can tell you what jobs fit your personality, Profile. strengths. Right. You Interesting. Know? Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I couldn't agree with that more. I think like if we just spend a little more time on the recruiting process and and not just the, determining the personality, but I mean I had to take a I don't remember what the personality test is, but you have to take one to go to sniper school. Oh, they gotta yes. make sure you're not a sociopath right. or whatever. Yeah, right. You know, why are we waiting until I'm going to sniper school? I mean, I exactly. already deployed so many times, and, and not just that, but like, let's learn a little bit about this. Like, if you're a guy from foster care, both your parents are gone, or in jail, you have no immediate family, no extended family. Your whole family is going to be the military. Mm-hmm. Well, we could we could make sure that the resources that are available to you are more apparent or right in front of you or encourage you to go as you go through this process in the military if we knew that from the get-go instead you know guys like that probably at the most at risk and we recruit from the lowest segment of the population you know the people that are most likely to commit suicide whether or not they were in military service that's typically where we recruit from absolutely and then they get out and they have no support network they don't know how to make a support network because they never had one you know so it's we could shortcut a lot of this. People always ask me, like, how do you stop yeah. veteran suicide? I'm like, well, for my generation, for the GWA generation, maybe you don't ever get it down to zero. But if we start at recruiting, then that number will gradually go down because right. we can identify certain people. And that may not be a bar to service, but it means like, OK, you know, you came from this sort of background. You have this kind of personality. You're going to be required to go to, to certain services more. Mm-hmm. than somebody yeah. else yeah you know and that's it's it's something that we can do on the front end mm-hmm. but it's but warrior week itself is also i'll put it in words that that a lot of people have used in front of me uh this is tamps uh i forget what the army calls their out processing um, oh like uh the tech uh, Ta- uh, the transition assist no tech p transitional assistant no. no no that's not what it's called that's the it's uh, the army alumni acap acap yeah. no but it was something A-crap. i thought they changed the name of they it did. it used they to change yeah. it. Yeah. Does it all when we too. went through yeah. it was acap but now it's well, called there was I went through with something different right yeah. it's called uh starts with a t yeah. and somebody's gonna text us and go guys you don't know this <laughs> yeah. um well, was it Soldier for Life? No, no, no that's something totally okay. different. Anyway, yeah, yeah, we, we get you. If, if they could do some of these things, um, I think that would be very helpful. Those programs, to me, don't do a very good job, really, of transitioning people because most of them in, that I've experienced or had friends who went through them would t- uh, share the same thing, that the people who are leading them are individuals who never worked on the private sector and they're oh. standing up oh. and trying to tell you how to transition, right. but they probably haven't really properly transitioned themselves. And it's, it's a broke system that um, probably like many other government programs that are purchased out there by the government, Needs revamping. Yeah. I don't know that it's ever been yeah. revisited in its no, it, 40 years of existence. It certainly and, has. Oh, that's yeah. good. Yeah. That's they've good to hear. Things. They've added things. Yeah. And, and I'll say this because we're kind of shitting on that program. But, like, they added um, the resilience training, the master resilience training. And I got to say, like, I I use that very frequently, the yeah. stuff that I learned in that. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I mean, yeah, you have an Army spouse that's telling you how to write a resume. It's like you have a part-time job on base. Like, right. why are you telling me how to write a resume? Yeah. And you're... Yeah. You know, yeah, and yeah, your and commander can't really tell you how to do it because he's been in the exactly you know, your right. sergeant major. But the, like, but you've I'm, been here for twenty years. When I'm, was the last time you wrote a resume? I'm seeing one-page right. resumes though. That's what you do when you come out of high school yeah. uh, or college. And you don't have a job. Sure. You know, you got to tell me a little bit more as an employer. I'm going to take about thirty seconds or less to look at your resume, and if it doesn't pop out, it goes into the pile. Right. Not the good pile. So, you know, you've got to have enough substance on there for me to grab. And you start telling me stuff that you, you know, you managed enemy combatants and put them into, you know, I don't know what the heck that means when it relates my, to the private sector. That's, That's what I'm saying. you did for me yeah. that was so well that Rob, when I got out, tailored my resume. That's only because I, I knew you. I, I don't offer him, that service he, to everybody. He doesn't offer that service to everybody. So if you need a resume, <laughs> it's info at Mentors for Oh, uh, He absolutely crushed it. He took all the armies. Turned it into businesses. Yeah. And then it was just get it out there and someone saw it, right. bam. Yeah. And and I absolutely don't mean to poo-poo on any branch's transition system. Sure. They're, they're not garbage. They're doing what they know to do. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I feel um, the same way, just for the disclaimer. The thing that I usually tell a lot of veterans is they spent, you know, Marine Corps, they spent three months training you and they spent a week processing yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. so it, it bears 
Vis revisiting again, probably. Yeah, that's what I meant. Across the well, DoD. Yeah. Well, and I, I also think like we have to instill the expectation in the service member. Like you're going to have services available when you transition through whatever your alumni program for that service is. But like it needs to be. You're a man or a woman. You're an adult. You're in charge of stuff. You need to start planning ahead. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're 18 months out and you don't have a plan together. Like you need to buckle down, and that oh, needs yeah. to be your primary focus mm -hmm. in your yeah. Free but nobody time. thinks of transition until the time it's time to transition. Let's be real. I've had a bunch of people say, yeah. "Why don't we talk about transition on the podcast?" And the reality is, when you were 18, 19, 20, 21, or whatever year you are, I don't care where you are, you're not going to want to listen to how difficult it's going to be on the outside and what you need to do to prepare. You're just yeah. not. Because you yeah. think you got it all figured out. Yep. Until you do get out of here and you go, geez, I wish somebody would have told me, you know. But, you know, that's the experience that we end up going through. But this kind of program that you're talking about here is one of those that helps them figure that, I guess, that side out and mentally of where you are, who you are, you know, take that and use that as a strength finder to match that with you know, personality to job, to family, to relationships and all those types of things. It sounds like that's really important. Yeah, it's, it's, it's huge. And, and the thing is that, that I want to really stress is, is we're not stressing going into the workforce because not every veteran is, is looking to go to, go to work. Right. Not every veteran can go back to work. Yeah. Sure. Um, but we are stressing purpose. Have a purpose for your day or your you're just wandering. Yeah. You you'll be floundering, and if you're floundering, then you're susceptible to becoming one of the 22, drowning yourself in your sorrows and what have you. You know. So now having been through that through Warrior Week, that that was the open spot. And it, it, I was a hermit. I was either in my room with a, with a migraine for days on end, or in my recliner in my house sucking down every bit of alcohol I could get in the house. Yeah. And that, that's all I did for the, probably the first two years I was retired. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So you're alive, yeah. but you're not really living. No. no. You know, yeah. and, and years on down the road, uh, you know, I think we'll talk about pathing a little bit here is I figured some of that alcohol business out. Yeah. But, uh, Good uh, transition time. So let's talk about yeah. path and what the difference is from what you experienced in Warrior Week to then when you went through path. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how long is path to start? I'm curious. Uh, it, path starts with uh, uh, seven days. Okay. Uh, it's kind of the, the initiation phase. Uh, it's a 90-day 90, 90 program now. Uh, it used to be 18 months when I went through, um, but it's, wow. it's, it's contact time. You know, um, these veterans that come through path, before they even get there, they're, they understand that it's seven days, uh, don't quote me on this, but seven, 75 hours okay. of contact time with the guides oh, wow. uh, over those seven days. And that you gotta take into account that day one is only a half a day because they're arriving. And the last day they're leaving on the bus by 10 o'clock in the morning. Okay. So it's 75 hours basically in five days. Uh -huh. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're, wow. you're all up in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, and it gets all up in the fields and all yeah. that good stuff. So who um, are you? Who are you in contact with? Like, what what kind of people are they? You've got guides. Are you doing mental health? With yeah. The, so it's uh, while you're there, it's it's path guides okay. uh, and one uh, TM instructor. Okay. Uh, Transcendental meditation, something that we teach. Uh, it's one of the things that I can say out there. The rest of path, like the schedule and things like that, yeah. in in the modules, we don't like to say out loud okay. because the entire goal is to have you there and be where your feet are. Right. Okay. Being in the moment. Right. right. Yeah. If you right. have a schedule, Not, yeah. you're looking. At, I just found a quote, a quote a couple of days ago, and it hit me hard. Uh, no amount of regret can change the past. No amount of anxiety can, can change, change the, the future. future. That's be where your feet are. Yeah. You know, live in that. So uh, the big thing about path is. Uh, I think Jake hit on it earlier, is if you ask everybody what PTS is or you add the D on the end, because we still haven't fully turned over to just PTS, but PTS, PTSD, you ask people, do you know that term? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would say 95% of the population of America knows what that is. Um, and then ask them if they know what PTG is. Post-traumatic growth. 
I remember. Yeah. Right. See, it, but today it might be the first time a lot of people have heard it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they know the bad, but they don't know the the way out or the way ahead. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And we're what we're really doing is we're, you know, our, our catchphrase is really turning struggle into strength. But the thing is, you know, to put it in layman's terms, it's nothing that's easy is ever worth it. If you put the, the work in to the practices, not tools for the toolbox, these are practices that we're giving them in that week. And they go home and they use them. They are going to be better people. They are going to feel better. Uh, they're they're going to interact better. Sounds like yeah. a challenge and a way to like live your life. It is. It is. I mean, it it completely changed mine. Wow. You know, um, I think uh, I had I had quit drinking. Um, and it's just a, a rollback real quick. Is you know, five years, I was suicidal. I attempted it multiple times. Um, and drinking, now that I look back on it, I was drinking on so many drugs, like yeah. prescribed drugs. drugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I should have died several times. And I think in the back of my mind, subconsciously, that's really, really what my goal was. Uh, the power statement here is that the last time I tried to kill myself was the day before I went to path. Wow. Uh, and I'm now a path guide. I was going to say, so what, what's your involvement now with Camp Southern Ground? Yeah. Is you a path guide? Yeah, I'm a path guide. Okay. Um, I, I lend a hand anywhere I can on camp. Okay. Uh, I tell a lot of people I am a product of the veterans programs at Camp Southern Ground. I know that path belongs to Boulder Crest, but I went through it at Camp Southern Ground. Um, yeah, and, and I'm a success story. Wow. I'm still yeah. alive. Inspirational. I, yeah. I'm 120 pounds lighter than I was before I went to path. Holy smokes. Physically? And, yes. And sober. And sober. Uh, Congratulations, man. I just, I just that's another body. four years sober. That's, that's, like, a, that's like a middle man. school kid. That's freaking awesome. Yeah. That's, a, that's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's a grown woman that you've lost. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I was three, 328 pounds when I went to path. Wow. I, wrote, I run around at about 200 right now. Um, it fluctuates a little bit, you know. Now, uh, especially you during the holidays. Helping to get off, uh, did that help get off the prescription medications as well? Eventually, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm sure that helps slim, slim you down some too, as well. Once yes. you get that polypharmacy out of you and you oh, get to start Lord. eating cleaner and. Yeah. Um, you know, I titrated off a lot of them. Some of them I was able to just come off. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, full transparency, I still take anti anxiety meds. Mm-hmm. But not near what I was taking right. when I started. Yeah. Well, they have their place, right? Yes. Yeah. You yeah. know, but it sounds like if someone's out there and you know they're, yeah, I think weight gain's a big one because it, it's self-image. It's how you feel every day. It's, the, I mean, that can contribute to so much of what's going on in your negative mental situation. Mm-hmm. You know, but then being able to get off the drugs and maybe get to a place where you're using less or you're or you're off them completely. That sounds like pretty amazing program yeah i mean for me i can see it and feel it Mm -hmm. you know that that one of the funny things is when i got home from path i turned around and i probably two or three days after i got home and i got out of the shower and turned around and looked at my wife and i said why the hell didn't you tell me i was so damn fat (laughs) she's like you take a shower every day and look in the same dog on the mirror yeah Uh, i wasn't in the space where i could see that negative so wow. so how do people how do you go to warrior week or how do you get into the, the path yeah. program what's the what's the pipeline do you reach out by a website or yeah um i mean you can go straight through boulder crest uh website and okay. you can go through at boulder crest there are, there is about to be 10 solid sites texas is building right now okay. um and there's a mobile team that goes out and picks up okay. the, the ones that we can't get to to hard sites um, you can go to Camp Southern Ground's website. Okay. And we have direct links for our veteran programs, Warrior Weekend, Warrior Path. Yeah. Um, if you go through Camp Southern Ground, I can only speak through to Camp Southern Ground because that's where I work. Um, within 24 hours of putting in an information request, okay. you will be contacted. Okay. Um, and then they'll push out whichever program you're going to. They'll push out the application for that program. 
and then you're in contact the entire time. Like for instance, Warrior Week, uh, my, if you don't like my wife, don't go to Warrior Week. You, you, have, you have to be, she will be in contact with you yeah. for 12 months. Wow. A little bit more because she's going to talk to you for up to a month prior to you coming to, to your cohort. Is it about, it's about a month to get into one of the cohorts, uh, depending on the time of year, yeah. I'd imagine? Like right now we're looking, uh, I think our, our target goal uh, per cohort is, is 18, um, and, and it's January. So right. people are dropping off like, oh man, like work won't let me off, it's right after the holidays, whatever. We got it out, like we're throwing it out right now, like, okay. hey, if you can come, Okay. Like it's it's down to the wire, but we will get this stuff out to you so you can do the strengths and enneagram, and yeah. we will get you get you a flight and get you in here. Okay. Um, so I like the, I like that fast turnaround and the, the yeah, connection. It is. Uh, it's one thing about both programs is we don't really get out there and pay for advertising. Yeah. It's word of mouth because if we went out there and we paid for advertising and and we're we just become another veteran service organization that's got a line hanging way back and we can't serve anyone. So, right. you know, does it keep us on our toes? Like, oh, we got to find somebody to fill these programs? Sometimes, you know, that, that happens. Um, do you guys back out sometimes and gals? Sure. sure. Yeah, things happen at home uh, that they get, they get a little bit nervous and they back out, you know. Um, but, you know, such is life. Uh, we continue pressing the mission, you right. know, and that is, you know, it, to highlight these these strengths that uh, that everybody has within them. They just don't know, yeah, until they know. Well, Chris, I look forward to us coming out there and getting a chance to see a little bit more about Camp Southern Ground and really uh, giving you a, a chance to show us around and see what it's all about. And um, appreciate you coming on the show, man, not only talking about your personal journey, but, you know, also what this has done for you in your life and everything. And it's an amazing story. So thank you for taking time out to really come and enjoy it. Yeah, uh, thank, enjoy it. thank you. Yeah, yeah. you bet, Thank man. you. Thank you all. Yeah, I appreciate it, Chris. Chris, it was awesome to meet you, yeah. man. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah.